We'll wait for the parade to end. We, uh, we have been talking about broken relationships. We started at the beginning of, of December talking about how every relationship is broken. And Genesis 3 is where we started. And we saw that every relationship was broken. <clears throat> they broke their relationship with God because of their sin. They broke their relationship with each other when God confronts them on their sin. Remember what Adam said, that woman that you gave me, he immediately breaks the relationship between the husband and wife. And then God curses the ground, and he curses, the, and, and childbirth is cursed. And, and so literally every relationship is broken. And, and so we focused the Christmas season on how Christ coming fixes all those relationships. It heals them. It reconciles them. Every relationship is, re is reconciled in Christ. Our relationship with God, our relationship with each other, our relationship among nations, even our relationship with the world itself, nature, and, and all of that is healed, reconciled, because of that first Christmas, because of Christ. And so I wanted to kind of end that, that sermon series today, talking about broken relationships. I wanted to end it with your part in reconciliation. Do you realize at this point, now that Christ has come and healed these relationships, that you now play a part in reconciling relationships? And so we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It is up here behind me, but, but 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 16. From now on, then, we do not know anyone from a worldly perspective, even if we have known Christ from a worldly perspective, yet now we no longer know him this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Everything is from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, as he, and he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us. We plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He made the one who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So let's, let's consider this, let's kind of work our way through this in this reconciliation thing, and let's first look at context. You, you may know um, Paul writes two letters to this church in Corinth, uh, First and Second Corinthians is what we know them as, and if you've read these, you know this is a broken church. This church is messed up. Paul is addressing jealousy and lust and, and the effects of sin on the church and disunity. And he is, this is a broken church. And so this letter is written about broken relationships to a broken relationship. This, this church had a broken relationship with God and with each other. They were in a constant state of broken. And so Paul addresses them in 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. 
Now, by the time we get to 2 Corinthians 5, we get on my favorite topic of all, and that's new life. New life in Christ. That, that's, that's my favorite thing to preach about. It's my favorite thing. If you come early and you listen to me testing this mic, you're going to hear Galatians 2.20, and you're going to hear 2 Corinthians 5.17. You're going to hear those two verses because I love new life. I love the idea of new life. And that's where Paul goes in, in chapter 5 here. He starts to talk about new life. Now, how is new life related to reconciliation? He tells us that, actually. He, he starts us off in verse 16. And, and verse 16 almost seems confusing because of the way Paul writes and because of it coming from, from, uh, from Greek to English. It, it doesn't come well. So let me simplify it for you. If you knew Christ in the worldly sense, if you knew Christ in his earthly body, which some of the, the congregation at Corinth did, they had actually heard Jesus preach themselves. If you knew him that way before, you don't know him that way now. Now you know him as the risen Lord in heaven. And so Paul is saying that's how we need to look at everybody. We need to understand people as being worth dying for to God. Somehow in, in, in our world right now, we, we've elevated ideologies over people. We have this idea that, that ideology is more important than the people involved. That's not a biblical view. The biblical view is clearly people first. Think about what, G, what God did to reconcile us. He sent his own son to die on a cross. Clearly, people are important to God. Clearly, relationships are important to God. And so this, this world that we live in where we, we elevate ideologies over people, we, we, uh, I, I've said many times, one of the broken relationships is how, how we have been broken in our relationship with the world. Because God made it to love people and use things. And we now use people and love things. So that even that relationship has been broken. But in Christ, it's made new. So Paul says we need to look at other people, even those people that, that, that clearly are wrong, that are clearly against God, God still died for them. Every person is born in the image of God, and so they have an innate, uh, they have an innate worth and an innate dignity, and we need to start seeing them that way. Paul says we don't look at people in an earthly way anymore. We look at them now in a spiritual way, and when we look at people, even the ones that are the loudest against the Christian faith, Jesus died for them, every single one of them. And so we need to start looking at people that way. And then Paul moves on to, to, to talk about being born again in God, new life in Christ. This uh, Verse 17, it's very specific wording. When it says you're a new creation, that's brand new, a you that's never been before. It's not the idea of you with a few dents pounded out. It's not the, the idea of you being re, remade or, or fixed or, or re, uh, reconditioned. It's a brand new you that has never been before. So when you come to Christ, 
You're a brand new you that has never been before. And then when he, when he talks about the old things that have passed away, we get the word archaic from that. Archaic. So the old you is archaic. The new you is brand new, a you that's never been before. That's how new creation, this new life, is related to reconciliation. We are reconciled to God in Christ because we are brand new. And we are reconciled to each other in Christ because we have new life. We have new life. We're not the person we used to be. That person's archaic. We're now brand new. A new us that's never been before. So reconciliation is about this new life. New life in Christ. <clears throat> and I would point you that, that, that reconciliation is a work of God. It, it says everything, all of this came from God. So being reconciled to God isn't about your desire to be reconciled to God. It's not about what you earned. It's not about what you have tried to, to make happen. It is a work of God in you. A work of God in you. This is God's work. And so, because God has done this reconciliation in you, this new life in you, that means it's possible for us to be reconciled to others. We can, we can in this new life, let the work of God happen, and we can be reconciled person to person. Even churches like the church at Corinth, they can be reconciled because of the work of God. You know, um, the Christmas season, I love the songs. Mostly I love the bass parts, I'll be honest, but I love the songs. And one of the songs that we sing is Joy to the World. Now, I want you to think about the third verse of Joy to the World. Do you remember it? It says, He came to make His blessings flow far as the curse is found. That's what we sing. You understand what we're singing there. The curse from Genesis chapter 3 that was on everything. Adam and Eve cursed themselves. God cursed the ground. He, he, he made work cursed. He made childbirth cursed. He, he made all of this cur curse has gone out, and Jesus comes and puts blessing where curse used to be. That's what that verse, that's what that, that verse of the song is telling us, and that's what verse 19 tells us. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. We're reconciled because of Christ. Now, verse 19 also tells us that reconciliation requires forgiveness. Because it says God reconciled the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Forgiveness is a requirement of reconciliation. And I want you to think about the process here. How did God reconcile us? He offered forgiveness first. He offered forgiveness first. He came and died in your place to reconcile you. So we have to be ready to offer forgiveness first. You've heard me say it many times from the platform, but I'm going to say it again. I'm going to remind you on this first day of the year. You have been given what you need. The, the gifts that God has given you were not meant to be just consumed. They were meant to be conveyed. You are loved in order to be loving. You have been given mercy in order to be merciful. 
You have been given grace in order to be gracious. You have been forgiven in order to be forgiving. What we have been given, we pass on. We convey. And so, if we want reconciliation, we lead with forgiveness. You may have something against a brother or a sister. You may have some, something against someone. Lead with forgiveness. That's how God shows us reconciliation happens. Lead with forgiveness. God, God forgave us in order to reconcile us. He made the one who knew no sin to be sin for us. And then it says that we have been given this ministry of reconciliation. This is now our job. Verse 18 says that God reconciled everything to himself and has and to himself and has given us this ministry of reconciliation. This is your part. This is my part. We now are agents of reconciliation. We now are about reconciling others. And there's there, he, he says this, he says, we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So we have two kind of parts to that. The first one is be reconciled to God. Do you know Christ died in your place? Do you know that Christ came for you to save you so that you could be reconciled to God? That's, that is being reconciled to God. So the first part is be reconciled to God. And, uh, and something that's, that's interesting in the original language, this is a continual, ongoing kind of thing. Think about nature. It renews constantly, doesn't it? It's always renewing. That's how we're supposed to be with our new life, constantly renewing our new life. You don't, sometime in the distant past, come to Christ and that's it, you're done. You are constantly renewed in Christ. And because we're constantly being renewed in Christ, we always have new life in Christ. We always are renewed in Christ. And so, this ministry of reconciliation, it's about first being reconciled to God and being consistently and constantly reconciled to God. And then the first part, it says, we plead on Christ's behalf. This message is now ours to the world. God has chosen you for this message, to give this message to your neighbors and to your family members and, and the place you work and the place you shop. Everywhere you go, you now have this message on your lips. Be reconciled to God. It, it's, it's actually possible because we have new life in Christ. So we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And in fact, Paul even calls us ambassadors for Christ. This is a great metaphor. Ambassadors for Christ. Think about what an ambassador does in our political system. The, um, the ambassador from the, U, the U.S., is sent to another country. When the, let's say, let's call it France. The U.S. ambassador in France is not a citizen of France. He's a citizen, he or she is a citizen of the U.S. He lives to the, to the laws and, that govern France. He must. 
but he's not a citizen there. What he's doing there is bringing the U.S. there. When he walks into a room, he brings the presence of the U.S. leadership into that room. That's what a, a, an ambassador does. Think about it in terms of kingdoms. Uh, at this time, we have Caesar, and we have, so we're, we're more in kingdoms. The king sends an ambassador. That ambassador is not a citizen of the place he went. He's a, he's a citizen of his king. And so as a citizen of his king, he brings his king's presence into everywhere he goes. And he is always about the, the business of his king, not the king of where he is. So now, isn't that a great metaphor for the Christian? We are ambassadors for Christ. We bring the king of kings everywhere we go. We bring the king of kings every place we go. He comes. We bring his presence just like an ambassador brings the presence of his king. And we need to be about the work of our king, not the kingdom here. We don't want to be about building our kingdom here. We don't want to be about building the, the kingdom of this world here. We're about our king's work. We are ambassadors for Christ. And so this is now our part. This is how, how now we spend our time. We first are reconciled to God. We must be reconciled to God. We must have new life in Christ personally. And, we, and that new life is being constantly renewed. We are continually renewing our relationship with our king. Secondly, we, we begin to look at the world through Christ's eyes. We begin to see people as worth dying for to God. Even the, even the one you can't stand, even the one you cannot get along with, Jesus came to die for that person too. So what do they need? They need the message of be reconciled to God because that's now our reconciliation is now our mission our part. So we begin to see others as Christ sees them. Then we begin reconciliation. And if we must, we need to extend forgiveness. You have been forgiven in order to be forgiving. So we need to extend forgiveness. And then we need to understand that we're about our king's work. We're ambassadors for our king. This ain't our home. We're citizens of heaven. And so this ain't our home. We are here on the business of our king, the king of kings. So I'm going to ask that you bow your heads for a moment. The first thing I need to ask you is, are you reconciled to God in Christ? Do you know that Christ came and died in your place on that cross? <coughs> that he came to die for you. You can, it's a simple prayer that you can follow along in your own words and just say, God, I know I have sin in my life. I've done things wrong, I've said things wrong, I've thought things wrong, and I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus died in my place on that cross. He died to save me. So I ask you to come into my life, give me new life. 
renew me. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, you need to let somebody know. Elbow your neighbor. Let them know. Come and let me know. Can you this morning, on this first day of 2023, commit to being an ambassador for Christ this year? That is what we're called for. Father, we thank you for this, your word. We thank you for the reminder of who we are in you. Help us this year to see your kingdom first. Help us to see, to be about your work this year. Help us to continually renew our new life in you. We thank you and we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.